0: The Powerful Accountable, from Washington, D.C. to right here in southern New England. This is 10 News Conference with Gene Valisanti. And good morning, everyone. I'm Gene Valisanti. This is a special 10 News Conference, Decision 2022 Primary Debate, the race for Mayor of Providence. Brett Smiley worked for Governor Armando. also served as the Providence Chief Operating Officer under Mayor Alorza for a brief period of time. Gonzalo Cuervo worked for Rhode Island Secretary of State Nellie Grebea, and City Councilwoman Learful of Fortune. They're all running as Democrats for Mayor of Providence. As goes Providence, so goes the state, so they say. We're dispensing with opening statements, though we will have closers. I'll question the candidates who are free to exchange back and forth and fact check each other. We hope in a fair and civil fashion. It's largely up to them, though, to defend themselves and keep the answers as cogent and as tight as possible. I'll try to keep it moving. All right, let's get right to it, candidates. Uh, I answer. Finish this sentence for me. I am the candidate to lower taxes in Providence because, Gonzalo Cuervo.
1: Because our current structure is unsustainable and we need to create opportunity to close the wealth gap in our city you will work to lower taxes we will work to increase the city's tax base so that the burden of taxes does not rest squarely on homeowners and small businesses
0: councilwoman Lafortune, i am the candidate to lower taxes because
2: because I want to hold some of our major nonprofits accountable who have not been paying taxes on their mission-driven entities. It's important that we have a more equitable tax structure, Mm -hmm. but we also have to look at it responsibly to ensure that we're generating enough um, city revenue to keep the city functioning and so that we can deliver basic services to our residents. Would that
0: include Brown University, where you work?
2: Absolutely.
0: You can hold them accountable?
2: I can hold all our major nonprofits accountable. As mayor, that's the work that I will do. In fact, I passed legislation two years ago um, to do a full assessment of Mm -hmm. the current pilot programs and to ensure that our city is getting its fair share. And that's something that I want to pursue uh, when I become mayor. Okay. Uh, Brett
0: Smiley, I am the candidate to lower taxes because? Well, I'm the candidate who doesn't make promises he
3: can't keep. And we'll never be able to actually lower taxes in Providence until we have a real and sustainable economic development plan in our city until we take responsibility back for our own economic future and have a plan for growth to expand the tax base while at the same time uh, negotiating with our large nonprofit institutions, the colleges and the hospitals to pay their fair share. 40% of the land in Providence is tax exempt. And so 60% of the taxpayers are paying 100% of the bills. And it's not realistic to promise to voters that we can lower taxes until we have more people paying taxes, these large institutions and new businesses and new growth in our city.
0: All right, so in other words, lowering taxes is not on the table for you as soon as you get in.
3: It is on the table for me to first grow the economy and make these large institutions uh, pay their fair share, but I don't think it does anybody any favors to make Mm -hmm. promises we can't keep. And right now, we need to focus on growth and on these uh, tax-exempt institutions that
0: are shifting the burden onto everyone else. Okay, let's let's keep it moving. Are you are you thinking about raising taxes, Gonzalo Cuervo? Is that in the offing?
1: We have to grow the city's tax base by investing in economic development in our neighborhood commercial districts, and allowing people to have their businesses prosper. We cannot raise taxes. Um, taxes are already at a near unsustainable level for our families and for our small businesses.
0: So that's a hard line no tax raise under your watch? That is correct. Is that the same pledge from you, near Villa Fortune?
2: One of my pleasures is to make Providence affordable for everyone across the board. I have neighbors, people in my community, people throughout the city of Providence who are saying how difficult it is just to make ends meet. And also the cost of taxes on uh, people who own their homes. So it's important for me to run the city in a healthy fiscal way without, again, putting the burden on our residents, also on our businesses. So I'm committed, as I stated earlier, to responsibly uh, run the city um, to manage the fiscal health of the city, but also to hold those major nonprofits accountable who have not been paying taxes on their non-mission driven entities.
0: Gonzalo gave me a hard no on raising. I know it's a little different with regard to cutting. Are you giving me a hard no on raising?
2: I'm not going to... um, as I said earlier, I'm not going to make any major decisions, like raising taxes, without doing a full assessment of our, um, our city budget and okay. also ensuring that we have an equitable tax structure.
0: Brett, are you giving me a hard no on raising taxes? That's All different
3: right. than cutting. No, it, it is different, and I'm uh, committed to not raising the tax rates. Now, as property values appreciate, some people's tax bills might go up, but the rates in Providence are what we need to focus on, particularly the rates in which we are non-competitive. Uh, it's popular politically to talk about the commercial tax rate uh, as a way to gain additional revenue, but that really is a driver of rental unaffordability in Providence. Uh, When residential, large residential apartment buildings have their commercial taxes go up, that gets passed on to the tenants. We've got a crisis with rental affordability in Providence, and we need to make sure that people in Providence can afford to pay the rent, Mm -hmm. and so I'm committed
0: to holding the line on the rates. Okay, I am the candidate to improve the quality of life in providence sometimes i visit your city i come up the ramp there's a a panhandler asking for money i make the left it's hard to park sometimes at wells avenue looks good sometimes it doesn't same thing on the way out are you the candidate to improve the quality of life for those who live there and visit you
1: absolutely there is an opportunity for us to reevaluate our management structures and the way we deliver city services um we come up with fantastic excuses as to why we fail at delivering city services There are opportunities, there are best practices across the country of cities our size, cities that are facing similar economic dilemmas that we're meeting that have been able to rise to the challenge and provide quality city services and maximize the use of the resources and the personnel that we have right now. I'm confident that we can improve the quality of our city services dramatically.
3: All right, let's mix it up, Brett. So, quality of life has been a centerpiece of my campaign. I've talked for a year and a half about getting back to basics in Providence. Everything from proper snow removal to better city services, finally fixing our streets and sidewalks, restoring a sense of safety to the city, focused on both violent crime, but also on the ATVs and the motorcycles. I am the quality of life candidate in this race, both for those who are visiting and enjoying the city, going to dinner on Federal Hill, enjoying a show at PPAC or Trinity,
0: but also for residents who live in the neighborhoods. quality of life candidate. near Villa Fortune you've been the Councilwoman. Are you also the quality of life Councilwoman?
2: Well, quality of life also includes affordability, also includes safe communities and delivering services to our community. I've been working quite diligently to address some of the major issues that impact our Providence residents, but also make our city um, makes our city better Mm -hmm. so people can enjoy it when they visit here from uh, creating the first behavioral health crisis response initiative so that if people's experience, if someone is experiencing Mm -hmm. a nonviolent crisis, we can actually respond to it, but connect them to services, to working on the North Main Street project where we outlined a plan to create a more multimodal um, mixed development uh, transit corridor, to also safety, um, trying to address the ATV problems that we have and um, creating more green and complete streets. So that's something that I have been working on and will uh-huh. do so as mayor of Providence.
0: All right. We're going to get into a second section here where we'll get dig a little deeper. And again, you are welcome to challenge each other if you hear something that this doesn't doesn't sound right to you. But before we do that, just one final general question. You're all left of center progressives. You all agree on certain issues, not all of them, but you're left of center progressives. What do you have to offer a moderate voter or someone who might be right of center in Providence? Gonzalo.
1: I have built a broad coalition. I'm proud of my progressive values, but I've built a broad coalition of supporters, elected officials and community leaders who understand that I am the candidate who is best prepared to lead the city of Providence. I have the the track record of experience I have a broad coalition and I have the detailed plans and the experience to execute this. The reality is that quality of life transcends ideology. People wanna live uh, in a city that provides quality education, clean, safe streets, Mm -hmm. and opportunities for affordable family progress. That's what we can deliver across the board. Councilwoman?
2: Repeat the question, please. The
0: the question is you're all uh, progressive, left Mm -hmm. of center. What do you have to offer a moderate voter or a right of center voter?
2: We need a mayor that our residents can trust, who's going to get things done, but also has both the professional experience as well as the lived experience. When someone tells me that they can't afford rent, I know what that means because I was homeless. When someone says that they've been struggling to get basic services in their schools for their kids, I get that because I'm a parent of Providence Public School kids. I'm also a graduate. But as mayor, uh, I have a tr- as mayor, I will continue to do the work in which I had set have set the foundation as a city council person, from passing legislation to ensure that our kids have access to social emotional support in our schools, but also bringing the idea of the cultural coordinators that connects the schools to um, to the communities. My
0: question though was, mm-hmm. what can you do to attract a moderate voter or a right of center okay. voter? Do you, is there that you can offer them
2: what i can offer them is that as mayor i'm going to be the leader to get things done and also i'm going to bring all views to the table all
3: right Uh, brett most of the issues that face the mayor are not ideological it's questions of efficient or inefficient competent or incompetent there's no uh, liberal or progressive or conservative way to plow a street we either do it well or we do it poorly i'm uh, committed to fiscal responsibility, I have experience running large budgets, I have experience managing large workforces, I have experience in negotiating fair contracts with our labor unions and i am committed to running the most effective and efficient uh, city government to deliver good services and I think that is of interest to voters across the political spectrum.
0: Alright, second set of questions now. Your schools were taken over by the state. They may be kept by the state for years. When do you want them back, Councilman LaFortune, when do you want them back?
2: So I would like to create a plan to responsibly transition the schools back to local control. I have been part of the process. I've participated in the sessions, provided input. Um, and what we thought was going to happen was a partnership. But what we have seen is controversy after controversy shifts of leaders. So it's time that we transition our schools back to local control. It's not going to have an open night um, um, overnight, excuse me. But we have goals that are outlined through the turnaround plan. What we need is the pathway to get there, but also um, we need the city to make a commitment to the state and to the families and yeah. the teachers, people who are most impacted, to say, I am taking responsibility. And as mayor, I'm committed to taking responsibility to transition our schools back to local control, but also set the conditions so that our students and teachers can thrive. Do you
0: want them back in a year, in a year and a half? with it-
2: It could take a year, it could take two years, but we have to do it responsibly. That means we have to set the plan, have benchmarks, have a clear timeline, and also have some accountability um, uh, infrastructure so we can ensure that we're not going back to the way things were where we make promises and we're unable to deliver. I mean, think about our school buildings. People have been talking about our school buildings for quite some time. We're
0: going to get to those. So you're you're at a two-year time frame at the outset.
2: I didn't Uh, say a two-year, I said that we're going to create a responsible timeline to ensure. Sure that we right,
0: transition would, back to it, local control. It could be a year or out, at the outset of two years. Did you? It can uh, be, or three okay. years. All right, okay, G- Gonzalo?
1: Um, as soon as I become mayor, I'm going to put together a task force of civic, educational, and community leaders, including parents and students, to develop an immediate plan to prepare for, the take, for taking our schools back. The, the, the state takeover has been a failure for a number of reasons and the challenge is that we've fallen into this trap of simply pointing fingers and blaming each other we need to move forward and i believe that we can create the conditions to bring the schools back to city control and implement the changes that will bring accountability and consistency two things that have been lacking in our school system. And whether that means that we get it back right away and we can implement these changes at the municipal level, or it takes a while to get it back and we can implement the changes. What is is the while?
0: Are you a year, two years? I would like to
1: work on this immediately. And you know, there are a lot of moving parts uh, to put an actual time frame on it. I think this is urgent. This is one of the most pressing challenges that the city of Providence faces, the education of our children. And we, it needs to be a top priority.
0: Brett, when do you you want them back? Do you want them back now, next year?
3: So the initial uh, takeover was contemplated to be five years. We're about three years into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, during that period of time, we faced a global pandemic. We lost the governor who started it, Governor Raimondo, who I was proud to serve as her chief of staff. And the takeover has not yet taken off. So I would like to see the state actually deliver on the promises that were made, and I hope that they can do so within the initial five year that was originally contemplated. So So you're
0: willing willing to give them another three years?
3: No, two. two. That's More. what's left on the original you're five. Willing to go the complete five? That's, I think it's going to take that. We lost two years of progress because of the pandemic. When when we were supposed to be improving student performance, we were trying to transition to student learn to remote learning. Uh, I'm so proud to have been part of an administration that got students okay. back in the classroom mm-hmm. faster than any other state in the country. Uh, but they weren't making progress on this takeover during the pandemic. They were just trying to keep kids safe and learning.
2: May you, I add? Go oh, ahead. Excuse me. Absolutely, um, you're welcome to challenge each other. Yes. Thank you some of the challenges that existed occurred before the takeover even during the takeover we had kids who did not have access to internet or technology and they couldn't do their work we had kids who were suffering from mental and behavioral health crisis and yet um, there wasn't the support infrastructure that they needed and so a lot of these issues have been a problem for quite some time and the pandemic all it did it was illuminate the disparities in our educational system The reality is is that both of you have been in positions of power. Our schools were falling apart. There were cuts in um, support for social emotional um, services for our kids, and there's just been a lack of investments in our educational system. If we want to have a thriving city, if we want to attract investors here, if we want our middle class to stay in the city of Providence, we have to fix our schools. I'm the only candidate who has a graduate degree in urban education policy, but more importantly, a parent who has been doing the work, not just as a city elected official, but also as part of the PTO, as part of the design school, to create schools that have been nationally le- recognized, like 360. But you all have been in positions of power for quite some and time. You've and have been done a councilman for five And I've done more years, than you have ever done in your whole history. As an elected official. But in your whole history, and guess what I have done? Cultural coordinators, that was my idea. Passing legislation for social emotional support, that was, I worked on that. Um, knocking on doors so we can pass the bond to fix mm-hmm. our schools. I did that. Designing 360, part of the, te- um, part like, of the design team. I did let, that. Let, Serving on the state level to implement Barack Obama's um, Every Student yes, Succeed Act. Yes, you've done it all, I and here that. we are. I did that, and you have done and nothing, here we are. Let's have, let's and have have you have Gonz- done nothing. Let's,
0: let's get Gonzalo equal. Turn, go ahead, she's going after
1: no, you. No, I would say the, the councilwoman has done some remarkable things but she also has to take responsibility for the fact that she was part of the council when the takeover happened, when parents were kicking and stru- screaming, when there were opportunities to stand up and block this, when there were opportunities to take legal action to ensure that parents and communities and children had a voice in this process, and she stood by. And what she has done is, is pass quote unquote legislation, which is primarily um, um, resolutions, which are wish lists printed on paper, and and, chat and challenge um, her opponents to the fact that we have been staffers. We were not elected officials. We were not elected by people But you to claim represent. to have been
2: a leader in government. And um, by the way, those resolutions last year, uh, the d- Department of Education in our state, got money from the federal government to um, imp- um, increase um, social emotional staff and services in our schools. Yes. So do not say that it was just uh, these ideas, but they were put into action. I've been doing the work and I stood with other parents. Where were you during the meetings when they were d- um, early in the morning or in the afternoons? Were you part of any of the sessions? Let, Absolutely You were in I'll let you not. answer you that, that question Cranston, then Brett Ston,
0: Smiley needs to get in on this. Where were you was the question.
1: During, during the takeover? I was helping parents organize. I wasn't going to the meetings because I had to work because I was Deputy Secretary of State of Rhode Island in 2020 during one of the most uh, challenging election cycles in the history of Rhode Island.
2: Yeah. Brett Smiley you But sir, you, I, worked, I worked full-time, Gonzalo. I'm a parent and I was on city council person, but yet I still got engaged. Unfortunately, during the 2020 election, you were not here. In fact, you posted on social media that you were out of the country. So don't claim work that other women were doing as your own. All right, let's Please.
0: get Brett this sir. That she also inaccurate. said to you that you were in a leadership position. You want to, you want to get in on this? I, I want to just say that
3: I'm proud of, of my track record and, tra- and proud of the Raimondo administration track record that I was uh, so deeply involved in. Uh, The whole reason that there was a school construction bond campaign for anybody to work on was because Governor Raimondo put that in her budget, and the legislature passed it. Uh, We increased funding for social and emotional needs. Uh, We made funding flexible for schools that had uh, the option of a school resource officer could instead use it for mental health professionals. Mm -hmm. Uh, And during the worst days of the pandemic, I was, as you know, on television every day trying to keep 14,000 state employees safe constructing our field hospitals, keeping the state moving. And as the state was running the Providence Public Schools, we were working hard to keep our students and our teachers safe through the worst days of the pandemic.
2: But Mr. Smiley, uh, there were parents and people who actually were doing the work to get that bond funding passed. And that was me and other parents. And also in terms of um, increasing social emotional support in our schools, uh, that was again, grassroots efforts from parents like myself and other people who are elected and who are part of our school systems you didn't do anything and yes you stood you know in front of the cameras but you weren't doing anything you just let him respond and we'll move on to other
3: topics go ahead as a as a legislator in providence you know Mm -hmm. that there's two hands to get these things done and so Mm -hmm. uh, i think it's great and i appreciate your advocacy i know your child was in one of the ads uh, and you're canvassing for that but the legislature proposes and the executive signs we wouldn't have had a school bond if governor Raimondo hadn't proposed it in her budget, mm-hmm. if advocates hadn't come and advocated, and if the legislature hadn't passed it. Same thing is true for these social and emotional supports. It takes all of us. This isn't an either or. I'm glad we we agree on this topic and that we've been working together on all it right. for years. It Look,
2: does, but, but we worked, uh, um, working were working together on me. years. Gener- um, governor Raimondo put it in her budget because people were advocating which means you didn't do anything it was the governor who added it to her budget and it was through the advocacy of the parents and grassroots efforts as well as teachers right, who were complaining we're gonna, about the deplorable school conditions we're going to
0: move on to other things i'll give you 10 seconds to respond if you feel the need to and then we'll get a quick lightning round gonzalo do you support a hybrid the hybrid school board model uh, half elected by the people and half appointed by the mayor do you support, I support that?
1: an elected school board model i believe that the hybrid model is a compromise that doesn't really address the issues. Every model of school board has challenges. An appointed school board can, can be um, impacted by a mayor's decisions. You can have a mayor who doesn't care about education. You can have a mayor who appoints all, all their friends or, or special interest groups. An elected school board has its challenges as well. A hybrid school board, I believe, is kind of like a lukewarm okay. solution.
0: And uh, Councilwoman, do you support this?
2: I support a hybrid school model because I think a fully elected school board, um, people There are many people who are unable to run an election. It takes a lot of time and resources. Now, with the recent vote on city council, I did vote against, um, uh, I voted to uphold the mayor's veto, and partly because it wasn't an open and transparent process. And I still believe that there should be clear guide rails or guidelines Mm -hmm. on how we're going to approach this uh, model. Brett, quickly on this one.
3: No, I don't think infusing more politics is the solution to our school problems. Uh, I think we can do a much better job, and as mayor, I'm going to put criteria in place for the kind of appointments that are made to the school board to keep the politics out of it and Mm -hmm. to put the kind of skills and representation that matters on our school board. But I think having more people running for office to infuse more politics into our school system is not the solution.
0: With regard to pensions, it would appear that uh, raising interest rates are precluding the borrowing of half a billion dollars to bail it out, at least partially. Do you have a better idea right now? If that doesn't work, what are you going to do to bail out the pension system? So the pension obligation
3: bond is a five-year authorization, and I think it's possible, if not probable, that the rates will come back down over the next five years. Uh, and I would like to use the pension obligation bond uh, as a tool to uh, negotiate our way into the state pension system. In conjunction with our unions, of course, and with all of the stakeholders who are involved in this process, I think we could save transaction costs. I think we could uh, secure our future and guard against the possibility that a future mayor would ever skip a payment were we in the state system.
0: All right, Gonzalo, go ahead. Uh, uh, if the interest rates go up, you can't borrow the bailout. What do we do? What's your plan?
1: It's likely that the interest rates will not be. Uh, lowering in the foreseeable future so we need to have a plan B and the plan B is what we've been talking about all along we need to be fiscally responsible with the way we manage our money so that we're not shorting the pension system going forward and we're not handing out excessively generous benefits but we also have to grow the city's tax base so that we're generating more tax revenue to cover this expense the challenge that we have now is not that large billion dollar number the challenge that we have is that our annual payments are growing at a rate faster than our tax base is growing our ability to pay for it so what the third thing we need to do is we need to hold our large institutional nonprofits okay. accountable so that they're paying their fair share and we have more money to pay down the pension uh, Nerva?
2: yeah as you know it took us many years to get here currently the pension system is about 23 percent funded for us to get out of critical state it has to be at 60 percent funded we have five years to take out this um, bond. Um, however, you're right, the um, the interest rates are high. And so some of the things that we should continue to do is continuing to pay into the pension system. Also, look at some mm-hmm. of the recommendations that were outlined in the 2018 pension report that I worked on with my former councilperson Sam Zurier. Um, one, we should consider transitioning to the okay. state pension system, but also looking at our city assets, amongst other things that are outlined in there um, to stabilize the system, because right. it's one tool in the toolbox.
0: A couple of quick yes or no answers. As we okay. have your closing statements coming up. Do you support the state's plan for the Superman building? Yes, with an asterisk. Yes, with an asterisk. I haven't got time to redefine print. Uh, Councilwoman.
2: Yes, as long as we have affordable housing units and truly affordable.
0: Brett Smiley. Yes, if we have taxpayer protections. All right, again, yes or no. Will you keep the current command of the police department and the way Chief Clements envisions it going forward? Brett Smiley. No specific comments on any
1: personnel. Councilwoman?
2: That is a conversation to talk with the leadership and the personnel to decide what's the next steps moving forward.
1: And Gonzalo? We'll review and decide when we get
0: there. And uh, just quickly, and then we're going to go closing statements. Yes or no, do you support the construction of the Fane Tower?
1: That's not a choice. That, that is a matter of economics. At this point, the legal system has gone through it. Okay. Councilwoman? I didn't
2: support it before. I don't support it now.
3: Easy one. All right? It's Passed and ready to go forward. My concern is to make sure that if he starts, he finishes. The worst-case scenario is that we get a half-built building that the taxpayers have to complete or tear down.
0: All right, time for closing statements. My producer will tell me who goes first on this, and we've already told you what. Uh, what the uh, can- all right, good. Uh, since you just uh, spoke, go ahead, Brett Smiley. You go first. Great, thank you, Gene, thank you to everyone watching. This
3: election is so important. I'm Brett Smiley, I'm the Democratic candidate for mayor in Providence. I'm running for Providence because Providence can be a world-class city. It also can be the best run city in the country by focusing on what matters. Quality of life issues and basic city services. Everything from snow removal to finally fixing streets and sidewalks. But being the best run city in America also means having schools that actually f- produce results for our children, that restores a sense of safety to our city, and that has a real economic development plan that includes a plan for affordable housing in our city. I'm proud to have served as Governor Raimondo's chief of staff, the state's director of administration, the city's first chief operating officer. I've seen what works, what doesn't work, and how to fix it. I'm the only candidate who's ever negotiated labor contracts, who's managed budgets and people of this scale. I do not need on-the-job training. I'm ready to lead on day one. I'm asking for your vote in the September 13th primary uh, you can
0: learn more at smileyformayor.com. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Councilwoman The Fortune, closing
2: statement, one minute. So my name is Nerville Fortune and I'm running to be the next mayor of Providence. The city of Providence needs someone who has both the professional and lived experience to get things done. Some of our top priorities include a quality education. And as mayor and as someone who has a background in education and children in our schools, I will make sure that every single child in every single neighborhood has access to a quality education. I will prioritize ensuring that our city is safe. We have a, commun- a community policing infrastructure where we could also respond to people's behavioral and mental health needs. But also a city that is affordable for everyone across all income spectrums and a government that works for every single resident. That means delivering basic services and ensuring that City Hall is open to all. Please um, go to votenirva.com to look at my um, platform. But one thing that I could promise is that as mayor, our city will finally have someone that they can truly trust and again will get things done for the residents of Providence and all who come here.
0: Thank you, Councilwoman LaFortune. Gonzalo, you have the last word. Uh, Closing statement.
1: My name is Gonzalo Cuervo, I'm running for mayor of Providence because our city is facing a growing divide between the haves and the have-nots. There are two different realities in Providence. There's one reality for upwardly mobile people who can enjoy all the great things that Providence has to offer, and there's another reality for people who are getting squeezed by the economy and are getting priced out of their neighborhoods. We cannot address the issues of our time, failing schools, public safety, uh, infrastructure, and, and affordable housing if we do not close this opportunity gap. I'm running to, for mayor of Providence because I have the, a lifetime of experience bringing people together, creating strong coalitions, and I have the plans and the executive experience to accomplish this, and I look forward to doing this as mayor. You can find out more at GonzaloForProvidence.com.
0: Very good, thank you, and good luck to all three of you. One of these three will be the next mayor of Providence. There is no challenger after the primary. That's a 10 News Conference special edition Democrat primary debate. The primary is Tuesday, September 13th. All of the major candidates and all the major races have agreed to an invitation to debate here on NBC 10, with the exception of Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos. We hope she changes her mind. In the meantime, I'm Gene Valescenti. I'll talk to you on the radio weekday mornings from 6 to 9 on WPRO, and I'm right back here on the news, NBC 10 at 6.